previously on Box Cutters. Uh, we'll talk about heaps of stuff for about 40 minutes. Yep. And then uh, we'll have you on for one thing. And then Pork, where you can tell us all about your te- televisual adventures. Okay. There are no wrong answers. I like it. All right. I've been preparing wrong answers, so... Oh, well, no, there are none of those. That's, You've ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Bloody hell, none. what were you no, thinking? No, John, John, there are none yet. <laughs> no. Oh, I see. <laughs> right. There are no wrong answers, sadly. <laughs> Chris has brought some. Yeah, I've got, got a whole iPad full of them. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 305... It's not Scott. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Crockley. Good evening, viewers. Now we are joined in the studio by a special guest donor this week. One of the exclusive few. Yeah. It's, uh, you must feel pretty good. Chris Tompkins, Hello. local filmmaker. Yes. Thank you so much for being a, a, a donor and donating so much that you become a guest donor. Yeah, well, I mean... Um you know, that's all. I've just, I just like to give, you know. You weren't going to use those kidneys anyway. No. I hope to use them. Did you, did, you, did you keep one? You should have kept a kidney. Well. Did anyone tell you about that? I did. I stole someone else's kidney. So it was sort of an exchange program more than a donation. Speaking of an exchange program and, uh, and, and liking to give, we have something to give to you. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. Now, Chris, as you know, uh, Crumpler were a sponsor, uh, helped us get to South by Southwest. Yes. And as one of our uh, sponsor donor, guest donor people, donors, you actually get a Crumpler bag. All right. Uh, so That's fantastic. It's, it's this one. It is, it is brown and gold. Yep. Uh, and uh, you can fit, I think we worked out, two roast chickens. Oh, more than that. No, but at least. At, at least, least two, at two least. roast chickens yeah, with, yeah. with appropriate uh, grease proofing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so here you go. Chris. Thank you very much. Probably camouflaged uh, for your jacket there. Thank you. Don't yeah. lose it. Uh, yeah, keep it's it on the desk. Well done. Uh, just a little bit of uh, disclosure. Chris and I went to university together, yep. and we were also in a theatre sports team together. It's uh, true, and uh, and that's the last time I'll mention that. <laughs> Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, uh, we're going to be talking about John's time in Sydney. Uh, in particular, you went to a TV uh, a, a TV conference. market conference. This is a conference. It's a production conference called Input. We're going to be uh, talking about gays on TV. Uh, just looking at TV, a mm. gaze on TV. Yeah, mm. yeah, see what yeah, I did there? Yeah. It's a word pun. <laughs> we'll uh, have some letters to box cutters. We'll have one thing and pork. Chris Tompkins. Yes. What sort of TV do you like to watch? Um, look, I, I like to watch TV that comes to me in any way but across the airwaves. <laughs> so um, partially because I'm impatient, I don't like ads. Mm. And uh, I don't like a lot of TV. So I like to pick and choose my TV. So when I was in the States last year, I discovered Hulu. I'd heard about it, but I'd never got to use it. And then I wasted a lot of time in the States watching Hulu. And then I found a way to tunnel through the internet to get Hulu. And that's all I do now. The special fancy. Yeah, yeah you, you're going to get a lot of listeners asking about the tunnels that you use. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so maybe if you can share some of those secrets with us later on. Sure, be... absolutely. I have this card here for you. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. 
Brett Croft. Oh, don't suck your teeth like that. It's disgusting. It's part of the intro. It's not part of the intro. You have some information about uh, Optus and uh, and their uh, case that they lost against Telstra and the AFL uh, with their uh, TV Now. A couple of weeks ago, we had Lucy Battersby in to talk about the Federal Court of New South Wales's uh, decision about the Optus uh, streaming of almost live footy over their uh, their phone system. And she explained it phenomenally well. Like, mm. it was a thing where everyone at the end of it went, oh my God, we know what the hell that's about now. Now that two weeks have passed, I have no memory of what the hell that all is again. It's all oh, well, gone just back go to back. a muddle in my mind. We taped it. We taped it. You could go Can back you hear and it again? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was live. No, just just go back and hear it again. I mean, she said it live. She was really here when she said it. Oh, I thought see, I thought she was a robot, but it was being broadcast live. If if you still Look, had she, questions, she was open to uh, to answering those for you, John. So. For half an hour no. after the, <laughs> the no, 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 no time restriction apparently. Uh, well, now uh, the the. Uh, the Optus have decided that they're not happy with the Federal Court of New South Wales's decision and they are appealing their decision to the Australian High Court, which is the highest court in the land. Um, it doesn't it's say... It's made me sigh, did you be, hear that? Yeah, made me sigh. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. Be- why? W- why? Because it keeps on going backwards and forwards. It's a bit like the Ice TV brouhaha. No, not because it keeps on going backwards and forwards, but because New South Wales... Uh, federal court or the federal court in New South Wales gave a, a judgment that made a lot of sense mm. based on the opinion of a majority of the board of judges. No, no, but it made it like everyone kind of understood it. Everyone went, "Oh, yeah, that's fair enough." Mm. Like, but really, th- but that judgment that judgment came down, and everybody went, "What? How could they find against Optus? I'm outright." Oh, actually, that that makes a lot of sense. Well, it makes it, a lot of sense if you're not an Optus shareholder, maybe. The <sighs> so so these corporations have have a responsibility to take whatever steps to make as much profit for their shareholders as possible. No, these corporations have a responsibility to work within the law to make as much money for them. Who says it's not within the law? The, They're going to the, the High court, court of Australia to find out. Well, the federal court's not not the be all and end all of courts in this country. Why do you love Optus so much? I don't love Optus so much. Why are you such an Optus apologist? (laughs) That has only been reported so far on TV tonight. tonight, uh, That I've been able to find. But, you know, we've we've seen this kind of of stuff before. Optus are taking a risk. Uh, Where we saw it before was with uh, C7, Channel 7's cable sports channel, uh, which... uh, um, Kerry Stokes took all the way to the High Court and then was looking to appeal it again and I think in the end decided not to kind of waste the legal fees. Yeah, but Kerry Stokes was this far away from taking it to The Hague. The thing about C7 was uh, there was collusion to take take the AFL away from from Channel 7. Mm -hmm. Uh, All that... That is my recollection of it. It it also brought down all of uh, Optus Vision, the uh, Optus Cable network the uh the and so now we have a monopoly of of subscriber tv in this country uh yeah yeah but that's you know who could have seen that coming everyone the uh the the issue with this is is about uh whether or not someone is actually recording it themselves 
Uh, while, while we're on the, uh, the the topic of Foxtel, yes. we'll wait to see how, how that plays out with Optus. Uh, Foxtel is launching a uh, a catch up TV service where whereby you can use your internet connection and your Foxtel IQ box to catch up on shows that have previously aired on Foxtel channels like uh, Showcase, Showtime, uh, E, etc. So on demand. Well, it's it's not on demand. I mean, it, it's not on demand because it doesn't come through the cable. What does it come through? It comes through your internet connection. But your internet connection may be your cable. Yes. In which case, if, if you're with Telstra Big Pond cable, mm-hmm. or if you're with Big Pond at all, and you want to use Foxtel's catch-up TV yeah. service, yeah. it is unmetered. But if you're with, say, iInet or Optus... yes. Uh, it is uh, it, unless unless Optus or I and it change their mind, it will be metered, and a forty-five minute show would cost you about six hundred meg. And will it look, download? Will it look worse than the original? Presumably, uh, it'll be in, compressed. And in most in most cases, it looks the same. Okay. Uh, some HD shows are coming down in standard definition. I saw an episode of QI actually broadcast the other day and realised I'd never seen that before because, uh, like, like, like the rest of us, I don't watch television when it's being broadcast ever. And it's only because I'm, I'm now living, as I mentioned, in the Middle Ages where I have no internet that I have to actually watch things when they put them on the television. I was surprised how much sharper and uh, brighter the actual broadcast copy is than the iView copy, which is what I normally <laughs> watch. See, that's, that's interesting. And I think for, for iView, they really compress it a lot. For, for this catch-up TV service... Uh, Foxtel are not planning on uh, on compressing it, but HD HD shows will be uh, in standard definition. I think the, the football, especially uh, at the moment, uh, apparently they have not very much on offer uh, in their catch up TV service, but there will be more available. The other difference is it's not it's not on the web; it's it's via the internet on your TV. So you actually have to you have to request it. You can start downloading it minutes after you start downloading it. You can watch it, and you actually get to keep it on your IQ for twenty eight days mm-hmm. and watch it as many times as you want. Uh, which an article I read from the Australian uh, says is great if you've got kids, uh, because then they can you know rewatch the same show over and over and over again. Assumedly, uh, Foxtel would have that show on their servers uh, as they're putting it out live. Anyway, for the, like, is is this going to be uh, an endless availability of these shows that they're putting up, or uh, is there a is there a sunset? Usually, on, usually there's a legal like is it like IVU where, where IVU actually has like this week? Yeah, IVU has I think negotiated legal windows of two weeks with most of the and shows, so. it, it'll be the same for for this. So you can keep it for twenty eight days, but you'll only be able to access it say for for two weeks. The so, difference between so why this they, why why is there not much that's been rolled out as far as Foxtel content goes? So I think far? it's just early days. So okay. They've they've launched the uh, they've launched the service. The service is as a kind of piss week is available, and they say they're gonna they say they're gonna improve it. Uh, why not just launch big? God, put it back in your pants, Crosby. Uh, Just yeah, they're, they're doing their thing. Let now, them go. You're not. You're not. You know. You're not appreciating. Additional them. to that, uh, the, the, the <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying. They're <laughs> trying their best. Do subscribe. And this is how you treat them. No wonder they don't love you anymore. <laughs> Do subscribe. Oh, oh, they don't. I'd heard, doesn't love him anymore. Did, I'd yeah. heard that rumor, but yeah, no, it's true. Right. It's true. Because see how he treats them. Yeah. He's gone quite pink as well, which is quite shabby. Strange. 
<laughs> Do subscribers yeah, I mean, only have all access. All the nice things that they did for you, I Brett. Know, everything. They, they brought you up from a... Oh, no, it's his parents. Oh, sorry. His parents? His parents are Foxtel? Yes, Brett. You have a question. Do subscribers only have access to the shows on the channels that are in their plan? Yes. So they can't use this uh, this so service to... Showtime shows if they're on basic cable. Correct. Mm-hmm. They should illegally download them like everyone else. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with that? Nothing. What's wrong with that? Firstly... I endorse it. Firstly, you'll spend less bandwidth on it. <laughs> and the thing is, this, this makes it easier to get an old, ver- an old copy of, uh, of Just Shoot Me, if that's what you want, because that is available. Mm-hmm. You can get Just Shoot Me. That's, that's on the Channel 7 um, catch-up one as well. Is if, it? If you, if you have that on, <gasps> you on, can, the, on the Sony Media Player, it's one of the things you, you can, can do. You can do a co- compare and contrast. You can watch the uh, 19, late 90s remake of Get Smart, and you can watch Just Shoot Me. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I did. That oh. was terrible with Andy Dick. <laughs> And Max is the chief. <laughs> it's horrible. Who is the chief? Max is the chief. Oh. Andy Dick's eighty six. I've heard. I've heard about this. I, I watched it on this. It's, it's, it's all there. The whole the whole series just sits there, <laughs> begging you to watch it. Oh, I really, I really, really want to see there's three always, minutes there, of it. There's always one episode of Thirty Rock available, and the entire series <laughs> of the nineties version of Get Smart. And is it just called Get Smart? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Andy Dick. Yeah. Well, what yeah. a great investment well, that is. You don't even need the, the Bravia. Uh, surely it's, it's just in Channel 7's offerings online. Presumably. Yeah. T- apparently Channel 7 is just knocking on people's doors, it's asking gold. them if they want to watch, just have <laughs> DVDs of it. Are, are, you, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, just, it, it, I found that it was kind of the first thing that was remotely interesting to have a look at that was that was on the list on the road. The Larry Sanders show's all on there as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also have seven. that at, I also have that at my house. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any connection between what stations played this stuff and what's on the Channel 7 uh, the only, website. The, I don't know if the Andy Dick Get Smart is available on DVD, because who would buy it? Uh, except for me, just for pure curiosity. And it, it is. I've seen it. The it is. <laughs> can you keep it if it's less than ten dollars? It's the perfect gift. Can you get? Can you get one for me? That, that'd be great. Uh, speaking of uh, less than ten dollars, Channel Ten shares. I'm guessing I'm doing very well because their ratings are doing very well. It's a long way to go for this segue. Uh, but uh, Ten CEO James Warburton is trying to fix that by getting on board. Uh, a researcher named David Castron, who previously worked for a group called Audience Development Australia. They used to uh, rank Q, store, Q scores for uh, TV hosts and the like. Q who scores. Does it now? Oh, maybe they still do. I have no idea. Q scores, for, for those who are unaware, is the way that people on Australian television are ranked. It's even more mysterious than our rating system. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually not that mysterious. You get... People are sent a book, uh, and the book has people's names, their photos, and they're asked how, mu- how much those people are recognised. Uh, Hamish Blake, obviously, has an excellent Q score because he won the Gold Logie. Uh, to everyone's and surprise. Andrew Denton was, was highest in the country uh, the last time that we saw this report. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so D- uh, David Castron uh, used to work for Audience Development Australia. He is now coming on board uh, 
for 10 to uh, run focus groups and ask people how they feel about TV programs, actors, etc., so that Channel 10 can genetically engineer the perfect <laughs> TV lineup. In a vat. Uh, and that was one of their shows. Yes. What's in the vat? It'll <laughs> be hosted by the thing that's actually being given birth to. What's, what, what's in the vat? Uh, for those playing along at home, <laughs> Channel 7. Uh, for those playing along, Channel 10 Josh, share price last close two of 75 dead jokes. cents a share. How, 75, 75 cents? 75 cents a share. Yeah, well below $10. Oh, we could buy some of that. We should buy some. Box cutters should just buy some shares and then we should take over Channel 10. <laughs> That's Chris. Chris is Chris is not nodding his head. You think <laughs> it's sagely? It's, so so yeah. if, if I'm to understand it from my sample of one, mm-hmm. uh, the people who donated to our South by Southwest uh, fund, if there's any money left over, uh, we our should next use possible it, campaign help box cutters buy Channel Ten. We should use it to take over Channel Ten. <laughs> I do we want to go? Up against, <laughs> do we want to go up against Gina Reinhardt though? Uh, wasn't she in Kath and Kim? She's a bit scary, yes. we'll, we'll bring Jenny Ranhardt in to host the Get Smart specials that we'll be running. <laughs> 24 would... hours. She's not allowed to leave the studio until the end. <laughs> I want to have, have the anti-dick hour. It's three hours of anti-dick shows. <laughs> what? Uh, a whole bunch of baseball fans are suing uh, the... Uh, Baseball fans? No, baseball fans are suing MLB, Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, uh, and the cable and satellite TV companies that host MLB content. MLB hold hold the rights on their own on their own broadcasts. Yes, and so MLB holds the rights, but the the uh, actually. Uh, MLB is the the organisation of all 30 Major League Baseball teams. And so Mm -hmm. the teams themselves hold the rights for for their broadcast and don't allow uh, games to be broadcast outside of uh, their market if the teams are playing within their market. Just to give you a little bit of of an Australian angle on that, uh, it used to be that if a game was being played at the MCG and the MCG wasn't sold out, you could not watch that uh, that Melbourne. game in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where uh, MLB is now. Except even if a game is sold out, you can't watch that watch that game within the market if you're in that market and you're trying no. to watch that team's game. So, so in the team that. Uh, yeah, sorry. In the city where the, the games have been played, yeah, and fans are suing because uh, apparently that's uh, that's worth suing over in America. Fair enough. We're going to talk about this a little bit more with uh, Glenn Peters when he's when he's in next because I think there's a a, a lot to talk about. Uh, TV. You know, I don't think we've talked enough about sport and TV rights. Surely not. <laughs> Most importantly, uh, two two bits of news to, to finish up. One, Alex Trebek thinking about retiring from Jeopardy. He's 71 years old, doesn't look a day over 65. He's done it for 28 years, and I can't, uh, I, I can't imagine what it would be like without him. He I is Jeopardy. <laughs> Lastly in the news, Whitney Houston's family is going to appear in a reality TV show. Oh, God. Uh, they Tasteful. let cameras into their lives uh, for a lifetime cable channel show. Uh, later on this year, it's going to uh, follow. It's going to be called the Houston Family Chronicles, and will follow uh, her sister-in-law and manager Pat Houston, uh, and the pop singer's daughter Bobby Christina Brown, 
and uh, and Whitney Houston's mother, Sissy Houston, as they try to move on with their lives. I'm sure doing a reality TV show... Oh, it's the best way to move on, isn't it? I would have called it, it's not right, but it's a shameful, shameful indictment of the shitty people you are. That's what I would have called it. (laughs) And that is the Box Cutters News. Hi, this is the fabulous Adam Richard, and you are listening to the Box Cutters. <gasps> I love them. They're very exciting. And now here's my famous catchphrase. You ready? Say hi to your dad for me. <laughs> oh, maybe that's not mine. Uh, you know, the thing is, anyone who has seen Adam Richard live recently knows that he has now made that his catchphrase. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's, he, he does it a little. He, he does, does it, it quite yeah, well, yeah. He, he, yeah. He does that a lot. John Richards, you've been to Sydney for uh, some kind of special. <laughs> now, let me understand it. It's like it's like a conference, but it is also a TV market. Well, no, no, this is the weird thing because uh, before I went up for this, it's all the input, and I kept going, "Look, what what is it?" And people would keep sending me emails that were still very vague and not really <laughs> explaining it. Going, it's this thing, the thing, stuff happens, and. <laughs> And when I left, I still wasn't entirely sure what it was. It's it's called INPUT, which stands for International Public Television, if you include some of the letters and not some of the others. And it's it's been held every year since the 80s, apparently. Um, uh, from what I understand from what they told me, it started in England in the 80s under Thatcher. So it's got this quasi-Marxist thing to everything. So you know, they're not panels, they're workshops. They're not hosts, they're shop stewards. And, and it's like... <laughs> It's a bit, it's a bit tiresome. And so, so this, is an, this is an anti-Thatcher TV <laughs> conference. conference. The idea is that it gets public broadcasters or public funded broadcasters together uh-huh. in order to discuss programming that they make that no one else can. That's, that's the basic premise. Right. And each station puts shows in to, to see if they'll be selected to be played because it's a combination of, say, film festival and producer conference. So... Rather than just having panels where you turn up to discuss stuff, as myself and Laura Waters thought, uh, you actually have to sit through everyone's material first. So you actually, the, the, the panels basically take half a day. So you're there for four hours. They'll play four shows in a, in a panel. You each kind of get a few minutes at the end to talk while the two shop stewards uh, bicker in a pseudo-Eurovision fashion. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not a triumphal organisation, I've, <laughs> I've got to say. But, but, it's, you, a, you, but you, it's a prestigious It's a prestigious event, to. but you're, 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 it's, it's not up to your, your queer film festival slash science fiction convention kind of level of organisation because they, right. they always ran out of time on all of them. And because we were, we were the finale in our section... Laura and I were standing in front of the audience before they sort of said, oh, now let's do the discussion while we still have time. And we go, do we, do we sit down? Do we, are you done with us? Um, I saw someone get cut off halfway through a sentence because they decided to move on to the next bit. And the oh. audience had to go, no, no, that dude was actually answering that. Let him finish. That was quite hilarious. <laughs> so, so it's this thing where um, so Outland was selected. Uh, I, I think uh, Australian comedy was represented by Outland and Housos because that's Mr. and Mrs. Average Australian <laughs> Now, Housos, I was I was completely unaware of when when you told me about it. But it's a, a Paul Fennick uh, produced and starring and directing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, about people who live in a housing commission. Yes, and it is. I thought quite uh, savage and and uh, but but the audience loved it. And the audience that it's the weird thing is it's because um, the head of SBS Comedy was there. She was talking about how the audience that it, that it's about loves it too, which is quite fascinating. You would think it's a really nasty attack on these people, but. Uh, but it's it's loved, you know. And, and Paul Fennick is loved by that kind of world as well. And um, I, I did meet him in a toilet, and I didn't shake his hand. It, it seemed gauche. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Uh, but yeah, it, I, think it's, I think it's widely accepted that you don't have to shake a man's <laughs> hand if you meet them in a the toilet. toilet. Yeah. So he was there, and, and we were we were part of a, a, a segment called um, I think it was Laughing at Slash with Outsiders. Uh, okay. A new a new direction in comedy. Uh, there was a Belgian show called Red Sonia on as part of that too, which I thought was really quite good, but I would never have picked it was a comedy unless I'd been told. Like it just seemed to be a drama. And and what is Red Sonia about? It's about this woman whose partner has had an accident and is now in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's middle aged. They live in this apartment block, and to occasionally make money, she goes online in an avatar as a sexy, sexy lady. To, to talk to men and get money from oh, that sounds really depressing. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's so sad. It was good, but yeah, really sad. As the other, an avatar. There was also a telly movie in which uh, some gays get shot at the end as part of ours as well, because the Netherlands, hilarious. So <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, hey, you're lucky to find out about it before the season was over. <laughs> it's, hang on, while they were getting shot, were they playing yakety sex? Uh, no, because that would be comedy. Yeah. Um, look, it was a really interesting event. It was funny that, that uh, I went to a few of these these talks and uh, there was a bit where people came up saying what their first input was. You know, my first was in 2000. I went to Rio de Janeiro. And I did vaguely get the feeling that, that creative types because I was mostly hanging out with, with the New Yorkers who all had documentaries and things there from PBS. I kind of got the feeling we were slightly there as barrel girls to, to add a, a, a slight creative glamour. I think as a producer that was really useful and all the producers were running off to have meetings all the time. So, so the idea being that uh, people from uh, public broadcasting in Netherlands might want to buy Outland and well, it's a great I, way for them to see I it. I don't or? think it's even necessarily about uh, uh, marketing in that same way. So, for example, I went to one that was about current affairs and using comedy. And there was a show there, and I, I'm, I'm so sad I forgot what it was called. But it was this really weird thing for an Australian audience going, this is the chaser. This is really odd. This is like a Dutch chaser. But we've got – it was just so odd that it was, I think, coincidentally – you know, just the same type of show. And one of the things I did... Like, like London doing the games. Well, no, 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 no. No, coincidentally. No, actually coincidentally. Um, there, there was a weird bit where they, they, they also did um, that piece that Hungry Beast did the first in their first episode. Where, oh, where they send out fake press yes, releases. Yes, they were doing that. And, and the same thing. They got, they got sprung by a reader of a, of a newspaper, not by the journalist, which again happened to Hungry Beast. How, yeah. how did different... Uh, nationalities react to the uh, obscure and and not often seen television from uh, from because I I would think that uh, that national lines would would run fairly thick in terms of uh, references and absolutely and e- even just sensibilities. There was actually even a bit in in Red Sonia, for example, uh, the establishing shot of this housing block they live in, and it suddenly occurred to me I didn't know what the housing block meant. In that in an Australian show, that might mean it's a housing commission block. And they're poor, or in a Singaporean show, it might mean they're quite wealthy. It's a nice block. Yeah, you know, like it could. There's, there's yeah. meaning even in an establishing shot that we can't necessarily know immediately what that that is telling us. It was interesting with comedy because, uh, especially with the documentary comedy one, people seem quite upset about the comedy occasionally. And I guess humor doesn't. Certain types of humor don't seem to translate that well. Houses went down a storm. Which fascinated me. That was actually, you know, very, very Because everyone's got poor people. Yes, and everyone likes to laugh at them. No, but it was just, it was interesting because they, they, yeah, they, they thought it was great representing these people on screen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was such an odd, it was such an odd, I mean, even, even down to like the Americans loved Outland. But again, of course, they're not going to understand some of it. And, you know, even trying to, it was having the showgrounds, trying to explain to New Yorkers what, what, a, what a showgrounds, what, what the Royal Show is and was, is for. 
That's quite y- funny. Yes. Uh, now, is this yeah. an opportunity for a possible Dutch remake of, of Outland? Well, but like, ten, it, potentially. I mean, one of the one of the shows um, that I mentioned to you guys before, which which I met the guy that helped come up with this thing called Cover Me, which is out there I didn't see. But I really want to see. And it's a Dutch show in it's a reality show in which a young, hip, famous rapper is put together with a kind of old, famous, but probably past their time. Like a Hall & Oates type. Well, more like, yeah, you, you, you get, say, a daggy Tom Jones. Not the cool Tom Jones. You get a, 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 a daggy Tom Jones and put him with, you know, Tiny Temper or something <laughs> and tell them to do a cover of, of Tom's song. And that's the premise. And I think that's just brilliant, especially if hopefully the old guy's there not knowing. Because most of the time, the old guy doesn't know who the rapper is. The rapper doesn't know who the old guy is. That's hilarious. So, so Kanye West and Slim Dusty. Yeah, exactly. T- have teaming to, up have to, to do, do the have to do, have, have Yeah. 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 Which would be awesome. Um, and that has already had other versions of it, and that probably will. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was a way of people seeing shows. Input has international festivals as well. I know Outland's going to go into the Belgian one, apparently, because they loved it. So it's that thing of this stuff, uh, it's all very arms across the world. I don't know, because they're all public stations, they don't have money. <laughs> they're all... Right, but they, they don't have money to produce their own stuff, but maybe they have money to buy international Possibly. stuff. Possibly, uh, although it could also be there that they have money to produce their own stuff. I mean, it was interesting. It was a really interesting experience to go up and see it. It's also funny because you can just buy tickets for it as well. And so presumably the same thing happens as happened in Sydney. Lots of people in small production companies have bought their ticket just to try and swap cards and and do all that and that sort of naked kind of desperate ambition is why I did leave on one day and went and watched The Clock at the Museum of the Contemporary <laughs> Art which I highly recommend you should definitely go see The Clock that's, that's not a movie that's it, just a clock it's got bits of film and TV in it have you seen have you seen I've not I've sorry not. I'm, I was, I'm going to tell you about this now I can cut it out because you know but The Clock you have the power I have the power The Clock is this exhibition it's been on for a while it's, it's a New Yorker but I think American um, artist I forgot his name sadly he's done this video piece it's 24 hours it runs for 24 hours, and it's all segments of films and TV shows in which people either mention the time or the time is shown on a clock somewhere in that sequence, which shows the time it currently is. Oh. It actually works as a clock. And you just sit there and watch it, and it's slightly dreamlike because it's got this... It's not just sort of clunkily edited. It's actually quite smoothly edited to move from one thing to the other, and the sound overlaps in, in a lot of it. And you just sit there going, oh, I don't know, it's just a bit of a gimmick, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, I've only been watching this for an hour, and I'm sure it's a gimmick. <laughs> you know, it's just, and and uh, they're open on certain days overnight, so they'll be open like 36 hours, so you can go in and watch the, the whole of the clock. I, l- I love that idea so much. It's awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, but yeah. Right, but so you, for input. You, so you, you left. You left because of the uh, because it was people swapping swapping cards, and that's not what you're there for. No, that's the thing. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what I got out of it necessarily. I, just, I saw some great stuff. My, one of my favourite things was a documentary called More Than a Month uh, by Shukri. I've forgotten Shukri's surname, but he he made a documentary of PBS in which he set out to try and stop Black History Month. Oh. Yeah, and <laughs> his argument is that, that it's yeah, it's ghettoizing African American history, but but only in February, which is the shortest month. But, well, yeah, and, and he's, but the great thing is, so here's this guy, and it was a little bit uh, Louis Theroux-ish, which was also quite nice. But and some of the best bits are when he's talking to his mum and dad, who are '70s radicals, <laughs> going, "So, mum and dad, I think we should get rid of Black History Month." And these two African American, you know, middle aged couple going. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a, a an African American John Saffron. 
Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, somewhere between Louis Theroux and John Safran. Fun. Yeah, yeah. That's what PBS in 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 the US, do, do, they, they do a lot of great stuff. I, they have money though. They have more money than oh, I was any. The other way, I think they have. I don't know. They're, they're always surprised what we can do. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think oh. ev- everyone thinks the grass is greener, but oh. they they do get and acknowledge corporate sponsorship. Yes, that was actually the only interesting thing was because people would have to explain how their channel worked. So the channel had the the chaser style program was actually thirty uh, percent of their funding comes from from ads. So a bit like SBS, I think. And they were really nervous because these boys were doing a big prank against uh, Moby Star, which is One of their an enormous, well, it's an enormous corporation there, and has lots of arms. And that was interesting to see how some of these stations do have to be a lot more cautious about what they make in a way that the ABC and SBS doesn't necessarily have to be as cautious. It's interesting. CBC is looking at uh, CBC Two, maybe CBC Radio Two, uh, starting to take on uh, advertising in in Canada, and I. Don't know what they're what they're deciding, but I, I want to see how another country reacts to a public broadcaster taking on advertising and and what it does to to their content. Because uh, you know, I think as an audience, we really handled that whole SBS thing really, really well and civilly. Sorry, no, we complained a lot. <laughs> Is it? Is it? I mean, it's funny. Though, it, did that work though? The SBS? Because I have read even right now people going. They think it was probably a mistake. I should take it off. It look. I, I think it was. I think it was probably a mistake. I think they've lost a lot of uh, a, a lot of viewers as a result. Uh, they're they're still experimenting though. I think if they can get if they can work out a way to get the viewers back, or if a new generation of viewers who just don't care anymore. Uh, comes on, you know, maybe they're playing a, a long-term game. I don't think they are, because it's SBS. Even, they're living month to month. Even that, though, and as we've all mentioned, people don't watch TV on TV anymore. I mean, Laura, Laura Waters mentioned, actually, in input. She was talking from Princess Pictures. She was saying, we're living in a period in which ratings are going down and will continue to go down because people don't watch TV like that anymore. Mm. And it's not even about trying to recalculate the Oztam numbers to make them, you know, sane. It's a way of, of just trying to go, that's not going to be... It's still going to work for reality. It's still going to work for sport. It's going to work for things that you have to watch right now or else they're ruined. But we have to start calculating differently how this other stuff works. I, I think that's, uh, that's an excellent point. Excellent point to end on. Uh, let's uh, go to some music and we'll be back. <laughs> After this. Bonjour tout le monde. Bienvenue à Box Cutters. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Box Cutters. This is Toby Sullivan uh, displaying his bilingual prowess on the best TV podcast that uh, I've ever encountered. John Richards, you're a gay. And as, as a gay, you've also uh, made a gay TV show about gays. I like the guy made the gayest TV show. Okay, so you I think we won. You're a gayist. If only you had a straight in there. I yeah. know. Then it would have been watchable. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're a gayist. Yeah. And as a gayist, you made the gayest TV show. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're talking about Outland. If you if you haven't seen it, it's excellent. I say that because I'm sitting right next to John and he can punch me. And it's now available on DVD at ABC <laughs> Shops and Centres and wherever good DVDs are sold. Uh, are you doing a book tour? <laughs> uh, I, I'm doing you, library talks, which is pretty much a very slow book tour. He's yeah. doing library talks and he did Supernova. Uh, have yeah. you seen the uh, calibre of people they have at Supernova? John Richards is now one of those. Edward, Edward James Olmos, Will Wheaton, Adam and me. That was Yeah, that was pretty much it. That's, that's great. Uh, May 27th, I'm doing Frankston Library. 
Take your shabby. I'm not lying. Uh, I'm not 29th. Tuesday 29th. But yeah, I genuinely am doing Frankston Library. A little bit scared. Do you go down there with copies of it that you can... Yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. You actually get copies? To, to, to fend people off as I try and leave the building. Yeah. I, like, I like that you said take, take your shabby because I was going to say take your shabby and your bodgy. Watch them fight. <laughs> There was an article in the New York Times this week, John, yeah. uh, about uh, gays on TV and uh, and how much more accepted having gays on TV is now than, say, when Ellen DeGeneres came out. Or, Will and Grace. Sorry? Will and Grace. Well, when Will and Grace started. A big difference between when Will and Grace started and when Will and Grace ended. And, in fact, the... U.S. Vice President Joe Biden last week was uh, on, I think, Meet the Press, where he, he spoke about... He came out and he said... He, he, he spoke about his his, uh, his being for gay marriage, and he thinks that Will and Grace did a lot to change the, the country and its community's uh, uh, views towards I gay thought it was people. mostly the lesbian kiss on Roseanne. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden... Joe, Joe Biden wasn't talking about the lesbian no, kiss. No, Joe, Joe Biden talked about Will and Grace Fair enough. In, in particular. He did not mention the lesbian kiss on Roseanne, as far as I know. I think that was one of the groundbreaking moments, wasn't it? Well, possibly, but not according to Joe Biden. That's the point we're making. When yeah. Biden was being all biden there, that wasn't one of the things When, when Biden last week was talking about it, he, he, he referred to Will and Grace as being quite instrumental in, uh, in encouraging people to... Uh, uh, to be more accepting of, of gays on TV in particular uh, and that gay marriage wasn't such a big thing anymore. Uh, John, as as someone who has created a show that has uh, an almost entirely homosexual character uh, list, how have you found people's responses to, to gays on TV? Are, are you finding that this, this article in the New York Times, which is only talking about American TV... Do you think that that's uh, that that is a worldwide phenomenon? Well, there is a bit here. It mentions exactly. Uh, it says it talks about this and says what's missing the outrage, and they're saying that yeah, no one's outraged about these things. And they mention that Mitt Romney's a fan of Modern Family, mm. apparently. Although I think that sounds like his focus group told him to say that. <laughs> but um, I must admit, I thought when Outland went to air, we would have a bit of the kind of taxpayers' money, yada yada yada. And the only person who's done bit of that having sex under the flag. Yeah, I, I thought there might be a bit of that from the, the but the problem is, as I was gonna say, from the Alan Jones and the Christopher Pines, and you can see where the problem comes in. Mm. And, and <laughs> so I, I thought there would be a bit of that going on. The only thing we got that from was uh, things like Change the Channel, the, the, the website that mm-hmm. seems to be obsessed with the idea that these shows are being made for minority audiences and it makes them angry for some weird reason. Mm. To be fair, Change the Channel hates everything. So, that, you know, that, that, I think that, that is there. Oh, they specialise in that. I think but, so. But the the outrage the outrage from uh, uh, from uh, the Julia Gillard show, whatever that was called, at home uh, with Julia, at home with Julia. Julia uh, which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, that actually came out of uh, TV Tonight. Raised that as being possibly controversial, and, and then, then became a thing. And then it became yeah. a thing because a journalist went and researched what might be controversial in that episode. Yes, I mean we had the thing which I was pointing out with Outland. We had that bizarre public confusion in which the concept of the show was taken to also be the potential audience for the show. So I, I don't 
A lot of people seem to think you had to be a gay science fiction fan to watch it, which I don't. I, I always thought you had, to, you had to either be gay or a science fiction fan or like something that you think other people don't particularly I, like. I think that's actually where we run into that a lot of people, you know, uh, <laughs> so desperately mainstream, they're going, no, no, I like everything that people like, shut up. Um, science fiction fans loved it. That was the thing. That the, and that, that was actually interesting because when we did that Supernova talk, Adam and I, that was basically an entirely straight audience saying, we love your show. Like the gay thing to them was irrelevant, which is the point. Of that show, anyway, the gay thing's meant to be irrelevant. Well, and and when we spoke at uh, Continuum last year, mm-hmm. uh, it was it it was a, a similar thing. You got a, a similar response to everyone going, "Well, that's me on screen." Yeah, uh, yeah. All we got were whingy gays going, "I don't like these gays. They're strange." That was the, that was the most controversy we got. <laughs> so I, I love it when you do your gay voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't. No, in all honesty, because the thing is, you're going in Australia or, or in New Zealand, I mean, does everyone care anymore? It's hard to know because there's still so few gay characters on Australian television. The point of this article is that it's putting out that there are so many now in America. There are apparently five gay characters in Smash, which... Well, it's, it, it, it is about Broadway musicals. Yes, so that makes sense. So that, that, that makes sense. Uh, and a lot of scarves, too. They wear a lot of scarves in that show. Because it is about Broadway musicals. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and Glee, of course, uh, Modern Family, uh, but then also I think Private Practice. Well, even Grey's Anatomy. Oh, great, you know, Grey's Anatomy, Private yeah. Practice, the spin-off show. So that's the thing is like Australia still hasn't. We've had we had some gay characters on Neighbours, which no one noticed recently. Um, we had the lesbian couple in Home and Away, which got some, but they got a bit of shock horror, and that was what two years ago. We had uh, we had a lesbian doctor on All Saints, but then. She went straight. Right. She was a lesbian. Well, they usually just go straight. They they die or they end up alone because that's that's the acceptable you know. Mm. In so that's the thing. This other thing is quite interesting. Pointing out that America is probably way ahead of us, and we think of America as being conservative. But again, in America, I think because the the argument now, the fight now is going on about real life issues like gay marriage, which I mean, I think is why the conservatives probably care less about the fictional gays because they're more upset now about the real ones. Yeah. You know, I think the anger has moved. Like, I think there still is outrage. It's just being focused on real-world events, like North Carolina the other day banning gay marriage and that kind of stuff, as opposed to getting upset about Smash showing too many scarves in it. Which you think is the real issue? I think, I think knitwear on television <laughs> is the thing we really have to be stamping down on. So, I don't know. I, that's why I think in America the biggest, biggest stuff is happening in real life. In Australia, there's still nothing on anything. Have a letter from you. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. How's Chris going? Can I just check? Are you, are you yeah. Well, thanks. Are you, are you enjoying it? Yeah. I'm just uh, seeing. Feel free to applaud at the end of each. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, oh, look, you tell me now. <laughs> I think I think if you if you applaud now, John can actually put that in at the end of every segment. <laughs> That's good. I'll, I'll do that. Have you laughed a little? Have you learned a little? I have. I have. I've tried not to laugh, so I didn't. You know, interrupt. <laughs> trying to be real quiet and just hide in the corner like a mouse. 
you know, the sort of things you do when you're invited into the podcast studio. Uh, you you know. paid money to be frightened in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. If you want to donate to, uh, <laughs> to Box Cutters and have us terrorise you live, you can. There's a donate button on the boxcutters.net uh, website and uh, you can put some money there and, uh, and see if we can terrorise you in person. Nice. That's that's the thing. That's you don't, you don't even have to come into the show. <laughs> we could send you some scary letters. And, yeah. yeah you know. Shut up. Just shut up. Written in uh, big letters. Uh, thanks, Chris. We'll uh, we'll come back to you later on in the show. No problem. Brett Cropley, we've we've had a a, a letter. Over, we've over had 140 we, letters. To over box the week cutters. we had on the the twitters from uh, at Tuna Crust, uh, and and this is uh, it's a it's nice. Our box cutters is moving out into the uh, to the broader world. And as we know it, uh, Tuna Crust said, listening to at WTF pod, applying the box cutters casts rule of three up to the second of three. Nerdist talked it up on their, their latest podcast, Good So Far. Now, I'm not sure if he's actually gone back to the beginning of Mark Maron's WTF <laughs> podcast. Or if he's just otherwise he won't be able to follow the plot. The so, so, are you- see, the rule of three is about you have the pilot. Then you have the second episode, which has the exposition, and then the third episode they can get rolling. Here's I, I think that Mark Barron took about three months to, John, to probably John, get do you rolling. Have, do you have a Do you have a pillow I, that I, you can smother me I, with? I know that there has been, you know, uh, a few of us are putting our hand up about whether the rule of three needs some, you know, changing. Um, well, but I want to put it. It was interesting input. So many people, including us, showed their second episode. Like we're only showing one episode. So many of us showed episode two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things. Because that has all the exposition. That explains <laughs> who those people are. Well, that's not how we make no, television in any no, of these countries. The, you know, it's, 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 that's something well, the American not, model not you have but in John's, 10 episodes. In John's it. show, Outland, available now on DVD, <laughs> yes. uh, y- the first episode is all the exposition. But, but that's the thing. So Red Sonja played episode two. Yeah, but, but um, so you already Kansas. signed up. You, you no, already no, but, had but this is what I mean. So many people were saying that the first episode was actually not an episode you needed to watch at all. Or certainly if you were if you were coming in casually, why not start at the second episode? So all that boring stuff's been taken care of and you'll just Well the, the the friends effect, as I like to call it. I like uh, I like how Brett's chosen to read out a tweet about somebody else. actually listening to somebody <laughs> else's podcast. <laughs> two rather two say, other people's podcast. Rather than say Nerdist podcast is excellent. Rather than say listen rather than say <laughs> Uh, the, read out the tweet about the guy. I think it was Ben Harris Roxas. He goes five stars for last week's episode. Yes. Yeah, but you didn't read out that one, did you? No, no. you read out the one about how great is WTF. <laughs> <laughs> if the you've got a letter, even applies to life in general. Hooray at boxcutters.net is uh, where to send it. If you want to send us an email, there's also a contact us link on the blog right at the top of the page, or you can tweet us. Boxcutterscast. At Boxcutterscast. I think if you're on Twitter and you don't know that you need to put an (laughs) at. You can also leave a message on our Facebook page. My mum wouldn't understand. Boxcutters Podcast. Can you send us a letter? Because people did send us letters in the past. Can we still do that? I don't have my PO box anymore, but can they send send it to us? Send it to us, care of Triple R at PO Box 2145 Brunswick East, Victoria, Australia 3057. I'd like that. Please send us a letter. That'd be nice. Or a postcard or something. Yeah. Yeah. An an actual letter and or postcard. If I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be at least two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. (laughs) What? 
because Josh is an expert. I'm doing I'm doing finger quotes. He's uh, an expert uh, for Acme. He's an Acme expert. Oh. Acme, yeah, Acme, Acme an called expert. me up. Acme called me up quite late, and uh, they they had someone pull out, and uh, clearly I'm the pinch hitter for them. <laughs> they said, "Oh, can you talk about Sons of Anarchy?" And I went. Sure. Did we ever review that? I was pushing for that. No, no, we reviewed it because I didn't like it much. Yeah, no, I didn't like it. You liked it, I think. Brad. I didn't like it, but yeah, now I yeah. have to watch at least two seasons. You didn't see it as the Motorcycle Club Sopranos. Well, and no, the weird thing I had too because I find bikers hot, so I thought it was going to work for me, and I just didn't fancy them. So blah. <gasps> you know, but, what was so weird? but now I know what I'm going to get you for your birthday. <laughs> a hot biker. So when are you doing your talking acme? It is May 31st. Uh, myself, Clementine Ford, and Andrew Murphitt. Uh, Andrew Murphy's actually visited the set of Sons of Anarchy, so he's going to be talking about that. I'll be talking about having to watch the first two seasons in two weeks uh, and what that does to a human. Do it in two days. Oh, yeah, that's fine for you with your easy layabout job where all you get to do is watch Sons of Anarchy all the time. Me, I'm constantly being pulled into meetings to talk about things that we've already decided. That's my life at the moment. You should have more say over stupid meetings. The uh, uh, yes, I'm going to see what that does to a person. And Clementine Ford, I think, is going to talk about Battlestar Galactica and how it relates. (laughs) She's awesome. uh, To Sons of Anarchy, I really, I really like her a lot. I'm I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. May 31st at uh, Acme, part of their live in the studio. Uh, John, if you're going to watch one thing this week, clearly, if you're in Sydney, I'd say go to the MCA and watch the clock. But I really want to do that. Otherwise, I would say let's all fly to New Zealand, and at 10 p.m. on Choice TV on Sundays, we can watch. Outland, <gasps> episode two. In fact, the one we played in input will be on this Sunday. So it's currently playing in New Zealand. So, so, so are they starting with episode two? No, no, they played episode one, but that happened. I only found that happened because we were on Twitter. They didn't tell anyone. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> it's like ABC publicity. It is. It's Shh. so like that. <laughs> Shh. That's it's it. a secret. It's a secret. It's on. 10 o'clock what night? Sundays. Sundays on, on choice. choice. Choice, bro. Is choice. that brilliant? Choice, bro. Brett, I sure hope that your one thing has something to do with yourself personally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. I'll oh, be at home oh, in my underwear. Mean, I'll be watching myself that. in a mirror and wondering how it all came to this. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday night, the 15th of May. Hopefully you're listening to this in time. At 7.35 on Channel 7. Channel 7, I've got a commercial one. We have the first episode of Once Upon a Time. Which oh, I, I quite enjoyed. But you've seen that already. Yeah. <laughs> you reviewed it and everything. If I were to watch one thing that I hadn't seen <laughs> over the week, that would right. that would be it. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun season, a uh, fun series that's... Uh, that, we never got around to doing that one, did we? I think we did we review did. it. We, we did. It. We totally yeah. reviewed it. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Chris Tompkins, uh, TV watcher, local filmmaker, and yes. guest donor extraordinaire. Yep. If you were going to watch one thing this week, what would you what would you watch? Well, I haven't got much time this week, so I'd probably just watch an episode of Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job. Mm. It's about uh, twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's great. So I'll save you some time. That's, that's a render. You know, final <laughs> cut. Oh, is, uh, that's that's oh that's a render now because computers it, are so much faster now. Yeah. Do, do you remember this is Grandpa talking now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that is that the new final cut? Like, no. did you go to that? No. no. Remember no. when you used to go out on the porch with a catfish? <laughs> Render your video while drinking a mint tulip. <laughs> do you remember when we used to have to render a three D image? Yeah. Back at Lot's wife at Monash University, yeah. we used to have to do it overnight. Uh, actually, once we had to do it for three days. That we had two computers running for three days, just rendering. You couldn't do anything else. Pod, cast, done.
is on the table. Well, that, that kind of brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 305. But, but before we go, hmm. Chris, have you got any questions for us? Um, no. Great, because we don't I, have much. No, I have a question for you. Why do you listen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why on earth do you listen? <laughs> How do you know he does? I, uh, I, I listen to find out what I should watch on Hulu. <laughs> Through your, through your tunnel. Yeah. Oh, can you tell us quickly how you do your tunneling? Uh, do you really want to know? Uh, yeah. Is, is there a VPN that yeah. that you uh, prefer? Is there one that is there one that you want to keep secret so that not too many people know about it? Like a great parking spot? Or no, the one I use is called Strong VPN, mm-hmm. and the reason I use it is because you can switch from the uh, US server to a UK server. So if I need to watch like. Black Mirror or something on BBC, I switch over there and then I switch back to watch something else. Strong VPN. And is that uh, Mac or PC or Linux? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Runs on Adobe Air. (laughs) Can you you run iPlayer through that, the BBC player? Yes. Yep. Nice. Strong VPN. I'm totally getting that. Can I mention too? Just Black Mirror got mentioned. I've heard rumour that SBS will be purchasing that. That's <sighs> bad bloody time. Three episodes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much. No, no, no. you miss it. But it's still, it's still awesome. Yeah. I'd love to see so much more of that. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 305. I want to say thanks so much to Chris Tompkins. Thank you. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I'm Chris Tompkins. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. My name is Chris Tompkins and I donated to the Box Cutters South by Southwest Fund. This episode of Box Cutters was produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is the guy who makes it sound good. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the reason you can download the show with ease. And John Richards edits to make it less boring. Box Cutters thank 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. If you enjoyed this show, why not donate some money to keep it going? It's what I did because I'm wonderful. Just go to boxcutters.net slash donate and make your choice. Also, you could rate Box Cutters. Box Cutters, it's really hard to say. Why did you call it Box Cutters? I see. Also, you could rate Box Cutters on iTunes, etc. and make them seem more popular or just tell your friends how wonderful the show is. End. So, Chris, thank you very much for, for reading the credits. We, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, there's a little bit in the credits that says Box Cutters Thanks, because even though the title is a plural, yes. the entity is a singular, yeah. you read it out as Box Cutters Thank. Right. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. So, if you ever come well, back... Yeah. Uh, ...and then read the credits, yeah. you'll know for, for next time. Okay. Although, aren't we the Box Cutters? Yeah, well, that's that's how I yeah. thought. Mm. I, th- I think it might be correct both ways. I'm afraid of plurals. You're too. always you're always trying to make it go both ways. Here is Peter Smith. <laughs> I'm like super dort. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>